Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Today on Barbecue and Tech... Not every meal on your smoker has to be lunch and dinner. We're talking about breakfast on the smoker, specifically the breakfast fatty. I'm your host, Rod Simmons, joined by my partner in crime, my barbecue expert, Chris Ashley. I know he hates being called an expert, but that's why I'm making it clear. What's up, man? <sighs> it's good. We had, a, we had a little time away from the kids overnight. We did the restaurant Mastro's that I had told everybody about on the last episode, and my wife, who is not, she's, she's a one firm believer. She's, she's like, I'm not a order steak out at a restaurant type of person. Mm-hmm. She ordered a steak. And I'm like, what? Like, we, we literally were sitting down to dinner. She's like, I'm not going to have a steak. And we're at a steakhouse. But I was like, okay, it's fine. And then she ordered steak. And I looked at her. I was like, I thought you weren't going to have a steak. She goes, well, I just feel like if I'm at a steak, steakhouse, I have a steak. Yeah. And of course, she has one halfway through. And she says, this is why I don't order steaks at steakhouses, because they're better at home. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, that's right. That's yeah. right. <laughs> no, but you still, I mean, they're still good and they're still high quality. Oh, yeah. It, it was definitely a, I mean, I could definitely tell it was a, it was a definitely a high quality steak. But again, the different care that you can take at home when you're not trying to cook for an entire restaurant full of people. Yeah. And you just, you get more of a level of perfection. And I think I've spoiled them with the cuts sure. of steak that we get. Sure. Um, Got to go back to the select. they got to drink a gallon of water with each bite then uh then they'll learn yeah just just find the steaks that are like uh you know an extra six dollars off because they're about to expire right that's the ones you get like no good cut of meat ever again in this household yeah so i got i got a bunch of brisket in the freezer that i i've uh Earmarked for people. Earmarked for people. Yeah, and I'm uh, delivering one another batch, about another two pounds on Sunday. Got a buddy who swung by uh, this week, so. But then I've now I'm down to like a, I'm down to a very manageable next couple of days meals for lunch. Uh, and so one of the things that I'll definitely be doing is making a uh, brisket omelet. It's one of my favorite things to do. And. Uh, my- my boys will have, and they've already had it a couple times. Um, they'll do, they'll take an everything bagel, they'll fry an egg, and then they'll warm up brisket, and the brisket goes over top. So essentially, it replaces for my one, my youngest sausage, and for the older ones, it replaces bacon on their uh, breakfast sandwich. They'll use brisket. Yeah, so that's why you know it was the perfect timing to have this particular episode because you know us. Folks, you know, folks that listen to the show, you and I, once you get into smoking food, it it's almost like you want to stick everything in there. Like, oh, is that a cardboard box? Let me see how how that smokes. You know, if there's some tools. Let me go and toss that in there and see if the tools operate better. So we're always looking for the the next thing to smoke. And one of the things that we uh, like to do 
when I was tailgating like every year, every, you know, every season, um, is we would do a breakfast tailgate. And the idea was when you start the day, you eat breakfast. So when we start the season, the first, the first game would always be based on breakfast. And so we would do eggs. Yeah. You know, obviously we'd have eggs and, um, and, you know, bacon and sausage and toast and all of that whole jazz, but we would just do it all as a tailgate. And so being able to smoke some of that stuff and then bring it in, in as ingredients, uh, for, for breakfast is, uh, has always been something that we've been a fan of. But recently we were looking to step up our, breakfast game and you actually ventured down the path of making what's called the breakfast fatty now i have not had time to do that yet because it actually takes a day of preparation um and but i had some ideas on how i wanted to improve on it so let's first kind of let you walk folks through what the actual breakfast fatty is so again the nice thing about it is it's it's super simple um and a breakfast fatty is typically a bacon weave. So uh, imagine like you're making a cake or sorry, a pie and how you take a crust and you kind of weave it together or a basket weave or whatever you might call it, but you're weaving bacon. So some people will do six strips. Some people do seven. I, my typical is I will do as many physical strips of bacon as it takes to go from end to end with the bacon touching. Like I'm to me, it should be bacon tastic, but your first layer is bacon which creates your weave. Then behind it, often you go with sausage behind it. So you'll take like a, um, not like sausage links or patties, but you will get like a, the kind of bulk roll of sausage that you normally might cut into patties or you might, you know, like a uh, fry up when you're making like a, a spaghetti or something like that. And you take that and you get it flat across the cross weave. Mm-hmm. So essentially it's almost filling the gaps in the cross weave. And then you can come behind that with whatever you really want. And this is raw sausage or cooked sausage, raw sausage. So okay. raw sausage, raw bacon. Okay. And so those are the, your often your only raw ingredients in the middle. You'll have like, you'll cook eggs and you'll cook them soft. So they're still not wet, super wet and runny, but not, fully cooked dried out so they're still slightly cooked eggs because you're throwing them on the smoker again so they'll cook a little bit more so you have like eggs bake or onion cheese uh potatoes whatever it is you 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 think would be a good combination with that you're putting that in the middle of the fatty and then you're rolling it into like a log and cooking it from there so that's okay so are you putting the bacon directly on the counter and then doing that or are you putting it on a piece of paper okay. a piece of foil plastic so what what you'll often see most people do is they'll use like a, a parchment paper or wax paper and lay the bacon out on that. I personally prefer to put it on um, a couple, like a multi-layer of saran wrap. Um, there's nothing wrong with using uh, the parchment or whatever paper you, if you want, if that's what works for you. But um, if you want to get a good tight wrap at the end, if you roll it and you roll it in saran wrap, when you're done with the saran wrap, you can kind of, t- as you're rolling it, you're essentially rolling, the, like you're pulling the saran wrap out of the middle as you're rolling it, but you're encasing it in, like then once it's done, it's like close, it's like saran wrap closed. So you could take each end of the saran wrap and kind of like almost like spin it, like you would, like if you spin it and then the saran wrap ends are tightening down and it's pulling the fatty in on itself. So you get like a nice tight bond. But the, the key is that you need to have a multi-layer of saran wrap so that as you spin, it doesn't want to all fall at the bottom. 
Uh, so you definitely want to make sure your saran wrap is covering top and bottom. And then I just give it like a little pop and spin it like five or six times at the end and it tightens everything down. And, and then away you go. And again, so I imagine tightening it down would allow it to cook a lot uh, more even. Um, I feel you get, yeah, I feel you get not just a, a bit more of an even cook on it, at least for me. Um, when you're, when you first start off, it's, it's spread out and it's super wide, but it's, it tends to be a little bit flatter. And the problem you run into is if you try to make it a, a, a really fat item, you have a hard time rolling it. So you start off with it being kind of thin and wider. And then when you tighten those ends, it actually pull, contracts it down on it itself a little bit more. And, and it actually gets, it gets more like it's a good log always, but it, it gets, it gets fatter in the middle. So it gets like kind of this big plump boy, juicy uh, look to it. Yeah. So that's how I did mine. But again, you can just fold and roll it and, and do it that way as well. So, Either way will work. But I, the other thing I would say is, um, it, it's not, it's not, oh, that's a mess up. Sorry. Uh, sorry about that. Apologize. I don't know if you've ever noticed this with Skype calls. When they spam Skype call you nowadays, they just keep calling and oh, calling. So, so not, that. not when a friend spams you, but just spam in general. No, like the new spam calls. And I apologize that that actually happened in the middle of the show. They'll call. And then they'll call again and they'll call again. So if you, if you decline the call, they'll call three times, keep spamming you. So essentially they call before you can block it. So you almost have to let it ring until you can get to the block time on it and go, but that's a different story. Um, the other thing about the breakfast fatty, at least for me, when I would cook my eggs wet, mm-hmm. they're cooked mm-hmm. and then they're set aside to cool. So if you're like doing onions or, or, um, like, for, like, you know, doing some hash browns with it or something like that, cook them. They're warm. Let them cool. Let them come down to actually even almost refrigerator temperature. So, hold on, hold so they're on. nice and cool um, before you start assembling. Because you want all the you don't want like hot eggs in the middle of cold stuff. Because you're you're typically gonna yeah. sit this overnight. Yeah, it'll start cooking it, and everywhere. then put it on the smoker like in the morning. Yeah. Uh, so you don't want hot eggs going with like cold sausage because it'll just start cooking. Let it be cold, and you run the risk of adding bacteria to the sausage yeah. since it doesn't finish cooking. So here's a couple of questions. So first off. Are the vegetables, like your onions and stuff, did you cook those individually or did you cook those with the eggs? How did you cook the eggs? Did you scramble them, fry them? You know, I, so for me, I scrambled and I, I think when I, when I looked at other people doing it, some people will scramble eggs and scramble with like a lot of cheese in the egg. So you get cheesy eggs so that you don't have this kind of layer of cheese and egg. Other people will just scramble eggs and then will sprinkle cheese on evenly throughout. So you kind of get this gushing layer of cheese that to me is a personal preference um as it relates to the veggies again i think that comes down to you i've done it with veggies and the eggs together um i've done it without i personally when i do my veggies i like to get a bit more sauteing on my veggies and i feel that if i'm going to try to cook an onion if i truly want to caramelize an onion i can't do that in the time it takes an egg to cook it needs a lot longer so i tend to cook my vegetables outside of cooking my eggs. Now you could saute your vegetables and then come behind, make your eggs and put your vegetables in. So it's like all nice and, and, and blended together. Again, that's can be again, that's, that comes down to personal preference. Cause I think you're either going to do it in layers or you're going to try to say, I'm, I got my eggs, I got some veggies and I'm going to take them in a bowl and just stir them and mix them all together. So now it becomes one big blended layer. Got it. So 
that I mean, I, the one that you, the two that you did, they they looked great, they tasted great, and I really enjoyed it. The smoke flavor all the way through was really good. The density of it, it wasn't like overwhelming. It was, and, and you know, all the my favorite things that I like in a breakfast, you know, eggs, potato, sausage, was all there in one easy bite. So I really like the idea of this, and I think the uh, the folks started doing it when they were in competitions and they wanted to just kind of do something uh for for them yep. for their team and people around them they would smoke these things slice them up and then um you know hand them out and i i really like the idea around this i have some thoughts on things that i would do personally to kind of improve upon upon it um and so let's kind of walk through what i'm thinking so first off the the whole purpose of this is a giant log that you slice into serving slices and i'm wondering if i could pull off the individual uh log version of this and so what oh you mean rather than having one log that's seven strips of bacon wide you're thinking take the strips of bacon cut them let's say in half or three quarters only go like four strips wide four strips long and then it's an individual serving exactly right yep okay so to me what you get from that is so you know when you do something like this you get a certain experience of eating like the end pieces they're a little bit thicker because you got the more bacon wrap there they may be even a little bit crunchier uh, whereas the middle is a little bit softer uh slices probably slices a little bit easier and for me, I enjoy all parts of that, right? I, I would enjoy like the end piece. I would enjoy like the middle piece. So if you make it smaller and uh, more individualized, you get the experience of all the facets of the of the log, but for yourself. Now, based on the process, do you think that's something that could be pulled off or failed? Yeah, I, I don't see what I mean. I don't see why you couldn't. It would you'd probably be taking at least cutting the bacon in half. Uh I I don't so I don't I still even think that might be I mean, because if you figure if you cut a strip of bacon in half, Mm -hmm. so you go half a strip of bacon, it's two it's four wide, let's say, Mm -hmm. and four, that's total four strips of bacon for one person. Um but the problem is like when you start getting into the roll, you really want to be able to roll it. And I think if you don't have enough distance travel to roll, you have to be very careful how much you put in there. So, so the, I think it would be a challenge, but I, I think a challenge, well, well, well it's, it's worth a try. So there's two ways I thought about doing this, right? Way one was, like you said, cut the bacon in half and then take, basically take those halves and weave them and then roll them inside of there and then use that as each one as the individual serving. The other way I thought was to do an entire weave like you did, like the whole, you know, the whole thing and then cut it, you know, take like a, a pizza roller and cut it into uh, squares that were pre-cooking it, not pre-cooking it, just cut it. You know what I mean? So I'll take the whole yeah, cut, cut it, pr- cut it prior to cooking. No, cut it, cut. No, no, cut just just the weave itself. So you lay out the bacon, you weave the bacon on the counter. Or, oh, you know, and then you cut it before cut you it go into squares, almost like you would do like a puff pastry or something like that. You know, you would lay out your yep. whole pastry and then cut it into the smaller squares and then you would stuff each square with what you want. S- yep. Similar to that. 
Yeah, because then you could go away from the rolling. It could be like a top bottom type thing, and you just have to tuck and or, fold. You or just or have you to just figure don't out. roll it. You know what I mean? Just yeah, fill each square and roll up each square. But it it allows for it to kind of meld together better if it's a whole yeah, thing. Pr- I mean, only thing I would say is you probably it. would have to get it laid out, cut it, put it in the refrigerator. Because as you know, when the warmer bacon gets, yeah. The more pliable it becomes, and so you didn't uh, stretch the bacon as you were laying it out. You used it as you know, pretty much as is, as is. But I, I also like sometimes you'll see people make them, and they, they're like, oh, I went six strips of bacon wide, six by six. But then you see at the end, it's like, and you could put two more strips of bacon, like from on on all four sides because there's just so much left gap between the last weave part and the end. Mm-hmm. I went. Almost up to the very end. And did you end up using multiple packages of bacon or just one? Nope, single package. And did you use thick cut or regular? Of course. <laughs> of course I used thick cut bacon. Yeah, <laughs> I I, else I didn't even realize they still sold the thin cut stuff. <laughs> um Yes, I used yeah, I used thick cut bacon. I mean, I guess you you could go with the thinner cut bacon. I just I, I don't know why you would. Um and the I think the challenge you run into is Early in the, if you don't let it cook long enough, I feel it, it's no different than the first time you go to Canada and you order bacon and you're like, this isn't bacon. This is Canadian bacon. That's how the bacon feels over a long smoking cook process. That if it doesn't cook enough, it doesn't take on the crunchy American bacon that you're used to. It takes on more of a, a Canadian bacon feel to it but i i like i say i when i laid out my the bacon layer i seasoned the inside then put down the sausage and all that stuff and then when i rolled it in i then even seasoned the outside and i also seasoned my eggs like i i salt and peppered my eggs as well actually i just peppered them i didn't salt because i felt the bacon added enough salt to the overall dish okay cool so that's that's step one now step two the ingredients you went with was sausage uh Oh, sorry. Something else to, as a tip with the sausage, when I laid my sausage out, I actually used parchment paper in this scenario where I put the sausage roll and I flattened it out as much as I could. Then I grabbed my rolling pin and I put parchment paper down, parchment paper on top, and I rolled it so I could get even consistency of thickness using a rolling pin that you would use like to roll out dough. Mm. And then I got that and then I took it on the parchment paper, slapped it on top of the bacon. Oh, brilliant. So it was perfectly even. Brilliant. Because yeah. if you start pressing it on the bacon, you start stretching the bacon. All you're doing is moving and opening up your weave. So it's easier to do that somewhere else, get a perfect thickness of it, and then just slap it on top and you get a good thickness there. Absolutely brilliant. So we got uh, saran wrap and then we got uh, a nice roller and we got yeah. parchment paper. And some of the low tech uh, items you're going to need for this particular smoke. Yep. So, and I think I used a total of either four or six strips of saran wrap. I think so. Imagine you lay down a saran wrap a row, and then you lay down one directly next to it, so that there's like a seam in the middle. Then I put another piece that covered that seam. We overlap. That yeah. makes sense. Mm-hmm. So that that way, when I started to flip there was no gap in the middle that pieces are wanting to fall through. It was when I started to do my flip, I knew that it was sealed end to end because it was like full here. And then that one seam that I created that weak joint was covered with something. So how much, I think it was only four strips. How much space did you leave or uh, as a border for bacon? You know what I mean? So I imagine you didn't take everything to the edge of the bacon. So did you No, I probably about an, uh, I'd say it was probably about an inch all the way around. 
uh, is what I left. About okay. an inch, maybe maybe an inch and a quarter, inch and a half, all, right, all the way around the whole border, so that I could that I could because when you first start getting your roll, it, things feel like they're falling, they're wanting to move to the side because you're essentially contracting everything on upon itself. So yeah, that inch border helps you play around with it, and then the key is just trying to shove little, the little babies back into the pool sure. <laughs> as you're you're rolling, and um, the 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 key to the end is why I flip it is that it seals the ends up. So all that goodness of the bacon kind of pulls itself on top of each other versus me having to try to tuck everything in. And so now does the, does your, all your stuffing ingredients aside from the sausage, which you laid out all the way across, does that go in the middle or does that go across the whole thing? Like, did you like layer across the whole thing? So you layered it. Yeah. You're, you're essentially bacon. Then you're, you're over top of like, all the bacon except for a inch and a half border around mm-hmm. is a sausage. And then mm-hmm. on top of the sausage, everything just starts to build and layer on top of that. Okay. And the key is don't get too crazy because there's only so much you can, you can fit in. You, and you might find yourself getting to the end of the roll saying, I see what he's talking about. I have too much. And you might have to start scraping a little bit out. But for me, I think for, I think when I did it, I had like five or six eggs was, uh, went across that. So let's talk uh, about, so it wasn't like, okay. So five or six eggs. Okay. That was, that took enough to spread across. So when you rolled it, you didn't roll it kind of like a cinnamon bun, right? So they'll take the cinnamon, the, the dough from the cinnamon or from a cinnamon bun, the layer of cinnamon mix on top of that. And then they'll roll it. So when you cut it, you see like a swirl on the inside, right? Because they kind of rolled it on itself. And then like, so you have the That's dough. exactly what you're doing. Oh, so you are rolling like that, uh, the same yeah. way. So you just roll the whole thing kind of, and then you'll have this, this, S motion, if you will, of yeah, but yeah, you're but if you yeah, but remember because you're rolling, I'd say a relative short distance with a relatively large amount of stuff in the middle. You'll if you when you cut it, while you'll start to see that S motion that you're describing, mm-hmm. there's very little of it. Like because the S motion is caused by the bacon that's on the bottom mm-hmm. getting into the exactly. inner weave of with all that stuff, right. but. When you're done with the roll, you actually don't get that much bacon that actually makes it fully in there. It might be like maybe one turn about, but it's all spread across the entirety of the entire rolls you've done. So you actually don't get many rolls just because there's so much in there Mm -hmm. and it is so fatty. Okay. Got it. (laughs) All right. So that's so for me, upgrade number one is is definitely uh, making individual uh, versions of these things. Now, for, okay, for me, upgrade two, I have to address the potatoes. I love a good hash brown, like anybody else, whether they be potatoes, uh, you know, cutting and diced potatoes, uh, shredded, uh, and 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 fried. I love them yep. all. However, I don't know why, but for this thing, and one of my favorite sides for eggs uh is hash brown casserole so for me instead of doing so really quick is hash brown casserole like a popular thing that a lot of people make or does is it like a you thing no no i think it's extremely popular okay all right i I, the first time i ever heard of hash brown casserole was with you so i'm like is this like a, a chris invention with friends well if you know you got uh if you go to a cracker barrel that's they're, that's the one of the sides they have. Oh, is it really? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, every time we go for breakfast at Cracker Barrel, that's what I order as a side, is a uh, hash brown oh, casserole. Okay. 
All right. Yeah, yeah. So everybody knows what hash brown casserole is. Well, you don't need to explain it. I don't Perfect. know everybody, but uh, if not, you know, it's essentially a casserole based in hash browns. You put in all these, uh, in your, you know, sausage and peppers and all kinds of stuff if you want. And essentially, um, it's a great side or it's thick enough and beefy enough to be in, at a meal in of itself. I usually do it around Thanksgiving because it goes great with uh, turkey. <laughs> Uh, but then the next morning I may just cut a square of that and then eat it for breakfast. So it's, uh, and just throw some eggs next to it. So for me, I would do a scaled down version of my typical hash brown casserole. Um, cause that's what, uh, essentially, uh, Cracker Barrel does. It's not like, it doesn't have like all this craziness that I normally put into it. So I think yep. I, I would do like a scaled down version, maybe like a quick version of the hash brown casserole. Um, so you'd even put in the, um, what is the French, the, the onions, the yeah, French, so, was it French uh, onions or yeah, something? Yeah, it would be like some French's onions. I would, you know, toss some of those in there and then I would probably, um, use like, just like cream of potato to kind of get the, the casserole-ness in it. And then, uh, you know, a little bit of cheese and, uh, just mix it up like that with some, uh, shredded, uh, potatoes, uh, hash browns and then, and then put that inside, you know, scoop that in there. I wouldn't cook it pre ahead of time. I would let it cook inside the fatty. And yep. uh, see, um, you normally, yeah. And I would think it would, you know, since it's such a small batch, it would cook within the same time as everything else uh, frame. So that would be my second upgrade is switching the potatoes from regular hash browns and upgrading it to a hash brown casserole. Okay. Now, um, the third upgrade is I would definitely and what's not upgrade I would you know maintain this is the 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 vegetables it would be definitely peppers and onions uh probably tricolored peppers red yellow green and then some you know some red onions in there and then sauteed up together not overly done so that they have uh, a space to cook inside of the uh inside of the uh, the the wrap itself so I would definitely do that uh, on this particular cook. So we got our sausage. Um, I'd probably go with a spicy sausage just to give it a little bit of bite. Yep. I did that. Um, we got our eggs. We got our spicy sausage. We got our peppers and onions and we got our hash brown casserole. And then finally, I would probably sprinkle a nice barbecue rub on the inside of that whole thing. So salt and pepper on the outside, and I would probably go with the barbecue rub on the inside. Most likely, and I'd probably start with uh, either the pecan rub or the sugar maple rub, because I think I, I did. I think I did a combination of pecan and sugar maple, and it like it 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 gives you a little bit of a candy texture yeah. on the outside. Yeah, you could also do a you know if you want to barbecue it, you could put barbecue on the outside. So. That would be the flavor. Glaze final it with a barbecue sauce? Step. I wouldn't go straight barbecue sauce, personally. Oh, definitely not, yeah. I instead, because I think a very popular thing people do with their eggs is Tabasco sauce. So I would probably take a majority Tabasco sauce and then cut it with some barbecue sauce and like a little bit of barbecue rub and just make a quick sauce out of that and then use that either as a dipping I don't think I'd put it on it directly. I would probably use it as a dipping sauce to go with it. And I think that would be pretty cool. So when are you going to do this? 
Uh, hopefully this weekend. I don't. I have. Um, you know, the last couple of weeks have been crazy busy trying to get this truck together, and I'm still, you know, going back and forth trying to get the charger installed yep. uh, and everything. So I've just been kind of tied up. But uh, this weekend should actually slow down a bit for me. Daughter's out of school, so she can help. Uh, so I'm hoping to execute on this plan and then just kind of do like a quick follow up segment on another episode. But, uh, you know, I think what I want to do is do like some of these individual uh, serving pieces and then turn around and add in some brisket omelets to go with it. Uh, I, and, you know, some smaller. I like doing, you know, when people say see omelet or hear omelet, they usually think of like the giant frying pan. Uh, with the you know the lovely omelet coming off of that but I actually you know I've done both in my cooking career where you know you make the, the individual massive omelet but then you also well, when you're using like like I've cooked for buffet lines before where you got to yeah. make omelet after omelet after omelet after omelet you know what I mean and uh those are the smaller pans if you've, anybody's ever been to like an island or a hotel buffet where they're making you individual serve omelets you know they're in a smaller pan they're made very quickly the ingredients are mixed into the eggs folded folded in half and then served to you so i think i want to do something like that as a size kind of just generate this decent breakfast buffet as we like to say uh so based on this here's what here's what i will challenge you go get your bacon tonight yeah, that would be get your sausage. If I do it this week, if I do it this weekend, I'd, I'd have to get get it tonight and then start. Because one of the things I'm not 100 percent on if it makes more sense to make individual baskets or make a large basket that, that gets cut. So that's something I would want, actually want to play with. I think the first time, in my opinion, start with the big one, cut it, and then figure out how you personalize them. Because I think the first time you roll, you start to like, all right, I kind of see like it does take a a little bit for me to get this thing to actually finally really start to close on itself and roll. And if I don't have enough runway, then I might run into some challenge with the individual before you get frustrated with it. The other thing uh, you could try is, I mean, I think you've done bre- bre- like a breakfast skillet or something like that. I think that's another thing that I would like to do on the smoker is essentially it's, it's almost very similar to this, but you could do like an, a, a, just doing it in like individual style skillets. And then you just take the skillets, throw them on the smoker. And let them cook there. Yep. And then uh, always options, man. So okay. So now let's let's get into some of the technical aspects of it, such as uh, cook time. How long did it take to smoke it? Uh, It was about an hour and a half, hour and forty five, and I smoked at two sixty. I think it was. I smoked at and. I bumped it up at the last probably 20 minutes of the cook. I bumped it up to like almost 300 just to try to get the bacon to crisp a little bit more. And on my smoker, getting to 300 is an is a chore uh, to get it that hot. But on the, I'd say so if you, you have like you your on the pellet or you did it on the egg, I did it on the pellet. Okay. Because I can't, I can't manage. I, I don't have uh, all the fancy gadgets you have to make uh, smoking like an oven. Yeah, it's the same thing. I mean, you just turn it set it to three hundred. Yeah, you set it to three hundred. I am playing with opening and closing little dampers and saying, "Eh, it's about right." I think. No. I don't know how I, unless I unless I put something in to measure the temperature inside the no, smoker. There's a, I there's an option to set the temperature on there in the front. 
Yes, on the pellet. I'm saying when you said the egg, I was like, I did it no, on the pellet because no. the egg would be work. Right, but you, like said it it was, is a, you said it was a chore. So I was like, no, you just set it at the 300 and let it go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a chore on the egg because ah. I don't I don't have all the fancy little gizmos and, gi- and gimmetry that you have where you're just like, ah, it's like a Ronco. Set it and forget it. Step your game up, son. So we, that's why we started. So, yeah, I did it. The pellet made it a lot easier. And the other thing is once you once you're like an hour and a half into smoking, if you're or an hour and 20 minutes and you're like, it looks good. I just want to crisp the bacon up. I'm a firm believer of you have an oven in the house for a reason. You could set your oven in the house at 375, bring it in and finish it off in the oven in the house. And just like, good. I got 10 minutes or so on that bacon. That's pretty much cooked. I just need it to give me that last layer of crisping. And you're you think done. I should roll it on the, on the griddle. You could do that if you wanted to try to crisp up. You also you also be cognizant that you do have that that um, sugar like uh, sugar maple or pecan rub on the outside. So if it's too hot, you could get into the burning sen- sensation of uh, the stuff. If, uh, so I just be aware of that. And the bottom, from what I felt, I always felt the bottom where you kind of have where your roll where you're getting to bacon on bacon mm-hmm. is it, it's like it's a multi-layer of bacon down there that tends to want to be a little bit softer so if you were to do anything on the griddle to get that final crisp it would only really be the bottom that's all the other sides they have so much airflow around them mm. they'll have no problem crisping up but the bottom so did you with the bacon so you didn't rotate double layer, it as it was cooking then you just put no it in and let no it because you do have a seat you have do have an a bottom edge that is kind of more the if you will, the seal point. Mm-hmm. So if you start flipping it around and it's still loose, you're going to, it's going to start to open up. So once you transfer it and get it on bacon, once it cooks, it'll hold its form. <laughs> but when it's raw, it has, it, it is formless. <laughs> sure. uh, so I didn't tend to move it around. I got it laid down and left it exactly where it was. So, okay. So this seems really easy. And honestly, people could just do this in an oven too. So even if you're listening to this and you don't, oh, have, yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't have a smoker, you know, you could literally just get you some smoked bacon. You know what I mean? And then, uh, do the same. So thing. the only thing I'd say, if you're doing it in an oven, um, underneath the fatty, get like a, like a, like a casserole dish, put a good inch or so of water in the bottom of it and then put it underneath. Cause the problem with an oven is that you need to get rid of that grease. There's a lot of grease that all this bacon is going to produce. And then the smoker, it's just, it's just dripping. Right. And you need, and you also want it to just sit on grates. Yeah. So it could be a mess in the oven for an entire cook, but you could do it if you have some way to put it on like a more fine mesh grate and let it drip into like a water bowl that could catch all so that oil. So that's a technique that I actually want to explore more, which is uh, getting like uh, the mesh grates, because there are plenty of situations where those could come in handy as opposed to trying to use the big grates where, you, you know, you could roll, I could literally roll the fatty, put it on a grate and just drop the grate directly on the smoker without taking it off. You know what I mean? That way I don't oh, have to yeah. worry about messing with it. Um, I, it's a technique that I've seen used for when you're doing barbecue chicken. You drop the whole chicken into the barbecue sauce, pull it out, put it on the grate, and then that allows the ex- excess sauce to drip off into a pan underneath, underneath yep. it, and then the smoke gets all the way around the the, the barbecue sauce and kind of tightens up that sauce. So it's not something I've ever done, but it's something I've wanted to try. So I actually was you know, was a, considering ordering a bunch of smaller grates. Uh, off, you know, off of Amazon or something just to kind of mess around with this because I took, you know, with that big chicken cook coming up and some of them I'm going to barbecue and some of them I'm going to dry rub. So, you know, something like that could potentially come in handy. Uh, 
uh, for me uh, when it comes to saucing it, just dipping them in and putting them on a grate and putting them back in the smoker as opposed to, you know, trying to brush each individual one. All right. So you have your task at hand now is that before the show goes, li- well, when the show goes live, there will be a photo of your breakfast fatty on there. And our listeners will see you tweeting out photos of your breakfast fatty. And That's if they don't, idea. they're going to know that your butt was too daggone lazy to go get a pack of bacon and get this thing done. Well, it would, it would never be too lazy. It would always be, you know, you got tied up. I still got to finish my. When did I, I'm trying to think when I made my breakfast fatty. Oh, it it's been in, months. It's been back in March or April. Yeah. yeah. So between March and now, you've had so many brain surgeries you had to accomplish that you haven't been able to do it, right? Hey, man. It's one man saving the world, dude. <laughs> one surgery at a time one people. surgery at a time you know i was really focusing on this truck man i'm so happy and then i got i a, know you are i got a real cool thing that i'm about to do uh for the show with the truck so i can't wait to kind of hash that out a little bit more um but expect some uh some conversations around what we do barbecuing and and the truck itself folks um l- let me take a second to shout out all the fans and uh you know we man the feedback is just so awesome the 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 conversations the the pictures man we man, you guys are awesome man i can't i can't thank you enough you make you make doing this so much fun it's already fun like rod and i have these conversations all the time anyway but opening up these conversations so other people can hear them and chime in and give us ideas and stuff um really really cool uh, so that's it. So I got my task in hand. Grab some thick cut bacon. Um, so what wood did you use? Uh, a couple uh closeout items here before we finish this episode. What kind of wood did you uh, use? I used um I was using pellets. So I used oak and um was it oak and apple? I think I'm gonna. Oh use no, it's apple. oak and pecan. I'm gonna use apple. Was, I think. And yeah, then, I used um, oak and pecan. And did you? So you cooked strictly thyme, not temp. I no, I did temp it. Uh, I wanted it to get to. I think what I I saw online, most people were saying getting it to at least hundred and sixty because you are dealing with raw sausage. So yep. I knew when the bacon was cooked, the sausage was cooked. So I probed not just to center, but I also probed like kind of. just getting into the sausage yep. to make sure the sausage was at least at one sixty. Okay, perfect. And did you rest it or no? You didn't feel the need to rest it. Yeah, I did. I did rest a little bit just before I cut, just so that it just didn't start to fall totally apart. But yeah. And it, because it's piping hot, I mean, like when you're cutting something that's like a hundred and you know, 180 degrees, it's, it's just blazing hot. So I let it, I let it sit for a little bit just so I could physically handle it. Also I cut in about inch thick strips, which when you make a bacon weave, each ba- piece of bacon, like from side to side, not like, um, not thickness, but side to side is about an inch. So if you just cut on your weave lines, you you usually get about an inch thick stripes. Oh, all right. So I got my I've got my task. I have to get pretty yeah, much all the information I need to do this. Hopefully, somebody else, a couple of other people, uh, fans of the show, try it and post it. Yeah, and I think you said early that you like Chris, you like um, uh, crispy potatoes or crunchy potatoes. So the one thing I would recommend if you're going to do like like shredded potatoes or something like that in there definitely crisp them up. I feel that when I, the second one I did, I feel while some of the potatoes were crisp, they weren't as crisp as I, I should have got them more crisp. So there's well, a I'm good gonna do crunch the in those potatoes. So it's going to be a different for me. So yeah, if yeah. I did it, I would, yeah, I would, I would want to, uh, want them to be a bit crispier, but since I'm doing the casserole, that's a different texture altogether. 
Cool, man. Well, I am excited to see what your photo is going to look like. I'm going to see if my kids want me to make one tonight myself, and I might, uh, I might get some sausage and bacon and put together a breakfast fatty for the morning here. Cool. All right, folks. Uh, yo, keep supporting the show. Keep listening. Keep tweeting us. Keep, keep hollering us. Um, enjoy it so much. And we're out till the next episode. Peace. Peace. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. <laughs>